Hello friends, I'm Amanda Barr. And I'm Rebecca Lou Brennan, and welcome to Dance Principles United, the podcast. Together, we are passionate about helping studio owners with the business of running their studio. Join us as we talk everything from marketing systems, studio culture, motherhood, life, and everything in between. This is the Dance Principles United podcast. Well, hi, friends, and welcome back to the Dance Principles United podcast. We are once again having a fireside chat. And if you missed last week's episode, we're currently away in a bougie house. It's, I don't know what time of the night it is. Well, it's about (laughs) 11 o'clock at night and, you know, we're just enjoying talking by the fire Mm. um, and resonating on things that we think are going to be life-changing. Yeah, and hopefully bringing you some value through our glasses of wine let's be honest yeah um the fire that is the smoke keeps moving we've got all of our eight kids in bed now um so we wanted to chat a little bit about um you know staying in your own lane and finding your superpower as a studio owner yeah i think we all listen to all of the noise around us so much and we all think that we need to be like someone else and i think one of the biggest game changes in my studio always has been that i've always tried to stay in my own lane and Mm. and actually not do what everyone else is doing yeah and you know that's so valuable in so many ways um from both uh thinking about it as a business perspective as a creative perspective um, in terms of our choreography um, and our music choices, etc., um, the business, and also listening to clients. So I think it's super important to work out what your superpower is and stay in your own lane and just cater to that and do what you do really well. Yeah, if we think about a dance client, they are not necessarily going to want a big competitive stream. They're not necessarily going to want a rec stream. But there's clients that do want those things. Maybe maybe they do just want to come once a week, enjoy mm. dance and have a great time. Or maybe they do want to be competitive and different schools have different things. I always say, um, you know, there's enough kids to go around. And yeah. what, what I mean by that is there's enough kids with different parenting and, and different reasons of wanting to dance that every single school can be abundant yeah for sure you know and I love that you know in our um, tribe group we have so many different studios we have um, the really high level competition studios that um, you know do the nationals have small groups of kids that do really well that you know win all the championships all the solo comps all the troop comps all of that kind of stuff Um, and that's great for them like you know props to them they do really well for that but we also have other studios you know um tapper from um, katrina's studio in townsville comes to mind she has almost a thousand students which is incredible um and she does really well but you know she doesn't do competitions yeah she stays in her lane she just has a rec based school you know we have other studios that run out of school halls that are lower cost studios um that you know, don't do uniform, don't do costumes that are more of a rec-based studio um, and everything in between, which I love that so much because, you know, there's room for everybody in the dance world and every parent and every child has the right to experience dance 
for whatever they want it to be in their experience, I guess. Yeah, and we all know that dance is essentially changing kids' lives mm. for the better. Whether it's whether you're doing rec dance, whether you're doing competitive dance, we know that they're setting goals, they're achieving goals, and that dance is going to have a positive impact mm. on their confidence and on their life. And, and that's really what counts. And it doesn't matter in what aspect that you're teaching dance, you are all meaningful and you all are making that impact. I love that so much. It's so, so valuable. So we'd love to ask you, what's your superpower? What makes your studio special? What makes your studio different to everybody else's? And if you don't know, maybe it's time to do a bit of um, soul searching and look around. Um, and or not look around, actually. Not look around at all. Look inside and decide what, what is your why? What do you do? Why do you do what you do? And, you know, what can you do to make your studio different and special just for your students? Yeah, totally. And I I wanted to tell this story because it was, you know, you have so many defining moments in your Mm. career. And and this was a real defining moment in my career. So um, Cameron Mitchell was adjudicating the Stanford. We were in an open age lyrical section. Um, Everyone at the time was doing really sequenced costumes and high legs and very, you know, technical kind of choreography. And and my group went out there and um, we had a couch way before couches were a thing. Can I just say that? Um, (laughs) And my kids were dressed in pajamas and did this. We called it the couch dance um it was this really organic lyrical piece and and we won the section and and, um he got up and said you know the reason that people are winning is not because they're following others so you know stop following other people and just be original and be yourself because that's what's really going to win competitions Mm. and I've always listened to that not just in the competition sense but you know in a business sense it's 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 great to listen to what others are doing. It's always great to see what they're doing, but you always want to be the leader in your industry, be it that you're a leader in preschool, a leader in rec, a leader in choreography. choreography. It doesn't matter what you're a leader in, but follow your own heart because I'm sure you all have incredible ideas um, and you're just too scared to go ahead with them, but those ideas are your best things and you should just go for it. Oh, for sure. And, you know, not having that comparison-itis, I call it, where we're constantly looking on Instagram, Mm. we're looking at what the studio is doing down the road, we're looking at, you know, what that big studio in the city is doing or, you know, that impressive studio that runs a full-time course is doing and not letting that get to us, I guess, and, you know, really thinking about what your ideal clients want. We're really having a fireside <laughs> conversation here because there's definite noises in the bushes going on <laughs> behind us. So excuse us why we lose our chain of thought for a moment. Um, but, you know, not having that comparisonitis and, you know, um, not worrying about what everyone else is doing, but just doing what you do and doing it really, really well. Yeah, and I like what you said Amanda about your ideal client Mm. so you know what is your ideal client and we talk a lot to our tribe members and about our studio and to our studio growth club about what is your ICA and it's it's what who is that ideal client and what we mean by that is you know it's it's Jenny what car does she drive where does she go to the cafes in your local area what sort of clothing would she have her kids in because Mm. that might be what you then dress your you know kids in their uniforms um what other stuff would it be Amanda you're all over this oh so many things like what school do they go to and what do they want out of their dance experience do they just want it as another activity for their kids if so great you know do their kids do 
dance, soccer, netball, swimming lessons, and, you know, singing lessons. Great. Is that what the, your ICA is? Or perhaps your ICA is a um, parent who, you know, wants their kid to be a comp performer at seven. Well, that's great for your studio as well. But whatever it is, you need to know what that is for you um, and how that looks so that you can cater to that ideal customer. And also, you know, learning to take feedback from your ideal customers and not just changing your business and your business structure and all of your values on a whim, I guess, because, you know, because one of your parents you know, send a rude email. Mm. I think that's such a big thing we see all the time with studio owners is, you know, this one parent sent a rude email so I completely changed how I did concert. But were they your ideal customer? And are they the type of people you want to attract? Maybe, maybe not. But you need to really make sure you're dialing down and to what kind of business you want to grow. Yes, and I say this to my staff all the time. Mm. And like I've you know, it used to be me doing all the things and now I, I definitely have a business big enough where I have staff doing all the things. Um, but I said to say to my staff when they're like, oh my gosh, everyone's completely complaining about, you know, the increasing costumes. And, and my first thing to always say to them is, is, okay, great. How many clients are saying that? Oh, three. Okay, so three out of 600 is not really that bad. So let's just take it time here and I'm not saying to not listen to your clients but to just go okay it's three out of 600 you know is that really they're the loudest three mm. but is that really what you're going to change and are you going to change for those three and that's the problem our clients who talk up sometimes are our loudest clients yes. and we do feel the need to listen to them and change everything but when that does happen I really suggest you take a set a step back and just go okay who is that client what is their problem and is it really relevant or is it just a minute minority of them because really at the end of the day there's always going to be complainers right oh it doesn't matter what kind of business you run there's mm. going to be people that complain mm. and people that have opinions 100%. but also you know what type of studio are you trying to grow yes and what values are important to you as a studio owner mm. you know um if the parents complaining about expensive costumes but really high quality costuming and um, choreography is important to you, well then they're probably not your ICA and your ideal customer. That doesn't really, you know, it doesn't correlate. So, you know, if you're really trying to build a really high level rec studio and they're complaining about costume prices, well they're probably not the person for you and you need to keep doing what you're doing. And that's, that's why your mm. ICA is so important, right? Um, and I know Amanda is so big on these, but both of us, our staff know our ICA as well, yes. right? Yeah, for sure. All my staff know my ICA. They know what we're trying to build in our studio and the type of person we're trying to attract. Mm. Um, and, you know, that's super important to us. You know, to me, um, in our studio, it's not a super high competitive level parent that wants them to win all the trophies. That's not what it's about. Um, it's someone who dances their main priority, but not their child's only hobby, for example. But, you know, it has to be this, like the, the ideal customer for your studio. You need yes. to have it right for you. And, and like, we can't tell you what that is. No, but Amanda, what I love about what you do in your school mm. is if you come up, and Amanda is gun at coming up with like new merchandise, new uniforms, all yeah. the things. So if they come up with a new uniform, for example, she will then say to her staff, okay, would Jenny, is it Jenny? Who's your person? Um, it was Jamie. Oh, yeah. Jamie. Okay. Yeah. So she will say to her staff, is 
would Jamie like to dress her child in this? Is this something that Jamie would enjoy? Yes. You know, would she take the Instagram photos in this outfit? And and that's so smart. Mm. It's like, you know, for me, one of our values, and everyone has different values, but one of my values at my school is always age-appropriate costumes and themes. And so when we have a new routine come in, I always say to my staff, would Jenny like this routine is this something that she'd be into is this costume something that jenny would be into so it's just knowing your client oh for sure and knowing what the right client you know you yeah. want and, yeah. and the type of studio you're trying to build right so i guess that's why we want to leave you today is mm. really talk thinking about and diving deep into yourself about the type of studio you want to build you know, what is your superpower? What makes you stand out from the crowd at attracting the right ideal client that, you know, that correlates with all of those things? Yeah, and there, there's no judgment here either. Every single studio, be it someone who, you know, is going for the more sassy costumes or be someone who's not, they're all equal and there's oh, sure. always a client who's going to want something different and and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with having different clients. Mm. And I th- and I think, you know, just go with your own self and, and mm. just go for it, guys, and, and really believe be true in to yourself. yourself. Yeah. yeah, be true to yourself, exactly. believe in yourself. Um, I think that's the biggest takeaway from today. Believe in yourself, be true to yourself, and stick to your guns. Know the type of studio you want to build and go for it. Go yes. for your dreams. Yes. Thank you so much for joining our fireside chat, our very late night ramblings. Um, <laughs> we hope you enjoyed joining us on the podcast as much as we enjoyed delivering it to you with our glass of champagne. Cheers, Beck. And cheers to all you guys. I hope you are having an amazing day, whatever you're doing. We can't wait to see you next week on the podcast. Thanks, guys.